Guess what, Lions? For as little as $5 a month, you can get access to exclusive bonus audio content and help this program grow by joining the Lions of Liberty Pride. To learn more, head over to lionsofliberty.com slash support. But to say it's all of our faults, like I didn't do that. I didn't kill anybody. I, I'm not a Nazi. Well, that's your white fight, privilege, okay? Julie. That's your white yeah. privilege. That's Which our, I, that's it's exactly also our cold open. <laughs> Welcome to the Lions of Liberty podcast. Here's your host, your guide, your shining beacon of liberty, Mark Claire. Hi, ho, Liberty neighbors. What is the haps? What's the Liberty haps? Well, you're going to find out because that's exactly what we're going to talk about over a few adult beverages today in today's episode, which is the 309th episode of this program. And if you're drinking along with us, there's a decent chance you might want to check out the show notes page where we'll link to all sorts of things we discussed throughout the show. You can find those at lionsofliberty.com slash 309. And if you're not a member of the Lions of Liberty Pride yet, you're going to want to make today the day that you sign up because after the show, we recorded almost 50% more audio with today's very special guest taking questions directly from Lions Pride members. So be sure to head over to lionsofliberty.com slash support to learn more about that. And without further ado, it is time once again for America's fastest growing liberty drinking segment. <laughs> That's right, my friends. It's time for Libertarians in Living Rooms Drinking Liquor. Let me be your whiskey shot. Oh, I love that little ditty by good old Johnny Dauber. John Dauber, the original editor of this program. Shout out to Johnny D. All right, and my first guest here in the Liberty Living Room today is the one and only host of Electric Liberty Land, which you can hear every single Wednesday here in Lions of Liberty. He is hailing from just down the street here in Culver City, California. Culver City, Los Angeles, California, however you want to say it. Uh, it's Mr. Brian McWilliams. Hello there. Hey, pal. What's up? Hey, fun fact. Fun fact for our audience here. Not only did I drive past Mark in traffic yesterday, but I also saw you outside today with your man bun and your black shirt going into your house, Mark. And you didn't say a thing till now. Well, it was too late. By the time I realized it, I was like, I was going to honk and yell, man buns are stupid. But it was just too late. I was too far gone. I had to get to my my Indian buffet at Sherm Shah or whatever that place is called down the street. I I don't want to get too far off track before even bringing in the rest of our guests. But I have to say, there's a difference between a concerted man bun, an attempt to have a bun as a stylistic fashion, and... Just throwing a pony on because you got some long hair and need to go for a walk and don't want it in your face. That's all I'm just saying. Cash. Just it, cash. In your, in a scrunchie. Exactly. Our guest knows what I'm talking about, but I'll ask her in a minute. Uh, next up, we've got the host of Felony Friday, our look at the broken criminal justice system every single Friday here from Pittsburgh, PA, John Odermatt. And I just remembered I forgot to ask Brian what he was drinking, so I'll let you both help me oh, in a second. Well, hold on. I got two things then. <laughs> I have Hibiki Suntory Whiskey, which is delicious. I am drinking that. And... Quick fun fact also, by the way, speaking of why I didn't yell at you, one time I saw a guy walking down the street. I thought it was Mark. He goes, Mark has two Huskies. I yelled out the window, Huskies suck at the top of my lungs. Turned out it was a woman with equal length hair and her two Huskies. 
Well, that's oh, a true yeah. story. Really messed up her day. <laughs> Hi, John. How's it going? Yeah, that was like an introduction tease there. And hey, welcome, John Odermatt. But let's hear from Brian but, again uh, first. <laughs> it's terrible. I didn't you, know what to do. You guys know I'm really bad at sticking to format. You huh? did it just right, John. Yeah, there, there must there must be a theme here, though. Brian's seeing you all around town, and this is the third day in a row that I've talked to you. I feel like we're best friends or something now. We are. The three are best Maybe friends that Liberty ever made. Aren't we? Um, and what are you drinking over there, John? I am drinking a Bell's Oberon. It's the only wheat beer that I that I like, and it's uh, it's delicious. Probably the, like the last time of year you can actually buy it, at least at least in Pennsylvania. Maybe in California they sell it year-round. I have no is idea. Is it named after the palsy? No, that's the brewery. Bell's is the brewery. That's up in, uh, I don't know, somewhere in the Great Lakes region area. All right. Well, we can talk all more about um, you know the type of drinks available um, in California when we're off air. But now I'd like to bring in our very special guest. I'm so excited to welcome the wonderful Miss Julia Borowski. Julia, what's up? Hello. Not How much. are you? What's up with you? I'm good. Oh, not much. We're just drinking, talking about liberty. What about you? Nice. <laughs> I'm just drinking some H2O over here being crazy. You are crazy. <laughs> That's what people always say about you out there on the internet. That Julie, she's just so crazy. We didn't ask if she was doing any hard drugs. No, I think we're going to leave that. We talked about that off air, and I'm just not going to even say tell you guys what she told me. <laughs> all right. We don't need to. It's all good. Julie has so much liberty flowing through her that I don't think she needs the extra boost, to be honest. Now, I don't know about you guys, but um, I'm kind of losing my mind this week because I had a bar mitzvah 24 years ago. And somehow in those 24 years, without me even realizing it, I actually slid in completely into Nazism. I, 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 I don't know how it <laughs> happened, but I've been told that several times for the, for the last 24 hours, 48 hours. And as far as I can tell, the only reason that I'm being called a Nazi is that I'm actually advocating to not use violence on people. That, that's the, all I've done for the past like 48 hours is say that I don't think people should have violence inflicted upon them, even if they happen to be saying nasty stuff about other Jews like me, uh, which somehow <laughs> makes me a Nazi. I don't know. Uh, that, that seems to be what's in the air. But I, I think the big story this week, even bigger than Charlottesville, even bigger than, than any kind of world events with North Korea or anything, it's obviously the Twitter war between Tom Woods and Nick Swark. <laughs> oh, all right. Uh, Julie, are, do either of these subjects, uh, I don't want to say tickle your fancy this week because they're both kind of annoying in some ways, but I don't think I've, I have been able to avoid either of them. So uh, any thoughts? Sure. I, I guess I could talk about the Twitter war. Go, go any way you want. Okay. Okay. So I've been looking a little bit into it. Um, I've been kind of out of it this week, but I looked into it. From all that water. Um, yeah. It's crazy. <laughs> um, so I like Tom Woods. He's one of my favorite people in the libertarian universe. Um, Nick, the LP guy, I've met him before. Um, he's pretty sassy on Twitter, I have to say. He's a pretty snarky guy. Um, we've had, uh, quote, Twitter beef before, but it wasn't really that big of a beef. You and Nick had a Twitter beef? Yeah, yeah. One time I tweeted something that Donald Trump telling him not to bomb Syria because he's going to disappoint his supporters, which I think is true. And um, Yeah, yeah. The alt-right especially spoke up against that. So, yeah, yeah, you're totally on point. And um, he called me naive for doing so. And I stepped away from my computer and I came back to like hundreds of people like <laughs> coming to my rescue. Like, how dare you say that to Julie? I'm like, man, it wasn't that big of a deal. Liberty white I knights think, abound. 
I, yeah, I was like, okay, guys, it wasn't like I could take that, okay? But I think he's just a very snarky guy. I think he's a very controversial, like, very, um, he likes a lot of debate and arguments on Twitter, which is him. But um, I'm kind of on Tom Wood's side because I believe I'm mostly on Tom Wood's side on most issues. Yeah, well, that's so weird that he would, I mean, especially on that tweet that you sent regarding Syria, which, okay, you're saying don't bomb Syria, which is all of us yeah. libertarians are behind. Like, why would he take umbrage with that? I wonder if it's something like an ego thing where he's jealous that people outside, like, he's like, I'm the Libertarian Party chair. I'm supposed to be the big dick in this room of liberty. And yet, you know, he's clearly not. So I don't know if that's like an ego thing, because it's just so crazy. Like, why... <laughs> Again, why? And especially like after Tom Woods, too. Why are you going and attacking Tom Woods? <laughs> I think he just likes to cause a bunch of drama on Twitter. You know, I think it's just this thing he likes to do. He's the Donald Trump of the Libertarian Party. Well, yeah, let, let's try to get to the <laughs> they bottom. They have so much in common. <laughs> let's try to get to the bottom of what, of what we think Nick is actually trying to do here. Because, I mean... He's a lot of things, maybe, uh, depending on your perspective. But I don't, I don't think he's a dummy, you know. So I do think he is doing this for some sort of concerted reason. Um, and and to me, if I have just sum up my thoughts of of why he's probably doing this, it's because he really wants to distance himself and make clear. And he's pretty much said as much throughout several tweets. And I'm not justifying it. I'm just trying to see, say what I think his point is. Uh, to really, really, really firmly separate the Libertarian Party from what he sees as the same as many other people see as the alt-right and their equation with Nazis, white supremacists, etc., 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 to which there is not no truth. I mean, certainly there's not no truth. They, they exist and they are out there. So, I mean, there's nothing wrong with separating that. But to do that by going after Tom Woods, um, that's interesting. <laughs> but we should point out what he actually tweeted about at Tom Woods, which is, and it started because Tom, he was re, or tweeting in a, a reply to Tom Woods' uh, speech that he had posted about Murray Rothbard. And the speech was just about how Murray Rothbard influenced him and shaped his views, uh, fairly benign stuff. And then uh, Nick tweeted back this link to Murray Rothbard and him laying out what has become to be known as the quote-unquote Southern strategy, which was his idea to join with paleoconservatives and uh, Southern populists essentially, um, in the early 90s to basically achieve political success that way and to essentially align with David Duke-type people. And I'm, I'm definitely oversimplifying it, uh, but that, that is basically his point. He was trying to say, you know, you support Rothbard, Rothbard supported this strategy, and that's BS, and I don't like it. And he didn't say that in a very good way, but that's that, I believe that is what he is trying to point out and separate the Libertarian Party for in doing this. Isn't that uh, that strategy tied in with the uh, the all too famous Ron Paul newsletter scandal? Because yeah. a lot of people think that Murray Rothbard actually wrote those racist in quotes newsletters. Because you could say when you read them either way, I mean they're not definitively racist. They can maybe they they could be skewed that way depending on how how you read them and, and read between the lines. But a lot of people have have pointed to that, and people have said that it was either probably Murray or, or Lou that wrote those newsletters. I've never so, seen anyone say Murray. I've heard people say Lou. I've heard people say, um, didn't Ben There's one Swan? other guy. I'm Ben's... blanking on the other guy that it's, it's, yeah, it was, I heard Lou and, uh, well, Ben Spawn did some like investigation to, into it at one point, And it was, it was somebody else, like somebody I, I can't even remember right now, but it was, where somebody... the heck is Ben Swan? Is he alive? Can we get a confirmation? Maybe, maybe, maybe that's what we should really be talking about. Where the hell is Ben Swan? Julie, do you have any conspiracy theories you'd like to share with us? 
about this. Isn't he <laughs> hosting some local news show? Like he is, or uh, is he still doing it? Because I've seen, I haven't actually seen like video from it, but I know there was. He did that episode where he talked about PizzaGate, and then he had all these yeah. posts on social media where he's like, "Coming soon, big changes," and and it was like this countdown, and then the countdown came, and all his pages went dark, and no one ever heard a word from him. Well, hold on. Ben Swan and Dave Rubens look somewhat alike. No, they don't. Is it possible <laughs> that Ben Swan altered his appearance, much like Bill Hicks altered his appearance to become Alex <laughs> <laughs> Isn't it possible that that Ben Swan is Dave Rubens? If anybody was wondering how long it, was, it would be take to you know make us fall completely off the rails, the answer is about <laughs> seven minutes. Here, wait. I'll bring us back to I'll bring us back full circle because I do want to say this about the the Knicks. Uh, Sar is it Sarwark or Sarwark? How do you uh, say it? It's spelled Sarwark. I, I believe it's pronounced Sarwark. I've, I've heard it. I've heard people so, pronounce so it. It's not going to work here anymore. Um, <laughs> I, I've I've introduced him on the show twice, so I think I said his name right okay. both times. Nick Sarwark. So, but what I want to say is it, what I what I hate about what he's doing is that okay, Tom Woods has never outwardly done anything to be racist or, or uh, demeaning to other races or, or to talk anybody down religion-wise, but he ha does have a big following, and he's a public figure. He speaks at all these different universities, right? So why would the chair of the LP think that it's a good idea to publicly tear down a figure that is publicly representing libertarian thought in such a prominent fashion, speaking at colleges to try to convert people to come and join libertarianism and say, you know what I should do? I should tear this person down on a public forum and say that he's a racist. Mm, How does not, that tie into libertarian strategy? Not just colleges. I believe that Tom Wood spoke at the national convention, the LP, and he speaks at a lot of state conventions as well. So he's already tied into the LP. Yeah, exactly. So it's like by by attacking him, you're attacking one of the major outlets that yeah. we have to try to attract people towards this movement. The, the weird thing about the tweet is he said, you know, when what you learned from Murray, Murray Rothbard was political strategy and then he links to the, the thing about the strategy. And I think there's very legitimate criticisms to make about that Southern strategy. Like, I think that's that was a terrible idea um, to, to sort of, you know, kowtow to populist movements. I don't think that's a a wise or or way to go and i think doing so is is just going to sort of attract populists but not not turn them into libertarians um so i, I don't think he's actually wrong about criticizing the strategy but to take tom wood's speech which had no, which had nothing to do with strategy and say this is what you learned i mean tom woods doesn't really have political strategy i mean he's pretty openly not really a fan of 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 you know most political movements overall other than very i mean he talks about the 10th amendment center and and more issue-based stuff but i to me tom woods is not a cheerleader for any political party including the libertarian party and maybe that's um something else that nick doesn't like too much well definitely and also it's one of those things where to condemn somebody because of one one belief or like 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 for example because rothbard had this this one strategy does that mean that we have to throw out all of the other things that he did and does that mean that anybody that is a fan of his economic writing or a, a fan of his overall principles on liberty is now a racist by association and this is what i was saying in the last electric liberty land that that made me so angry but I mean, look, it's like you're tying it in. You're saying, OK, because you like this guy's writings and because one time he said this one thing, you are now a racist. I mean, it, the, the logic leap, it's like this is politics. This is like filthy politics that's used by the left and the right shouldn't be used by libertarians. We shouldn't be playing that same game, especially against people that are in our own. Well, I, I don't I, think he, I don't think he outright called him a racist. I think what he was trying to do ultimately was getting Tom Woods or encourage him to sign some. Uh, some petition that was declaring as a libertarian, I don't support any of the, the alt-right or, or neo-Nazis. 
And that's fine. It's fine for libertarians to uh, to sign that document. But Tom Woods' point back to him was, why should I sign that document? He's been saying things for for years. He has, does podcasts every week where he's talking about the ideas of liberty. He's not talking about being a Nazi. I mean, it's pretty clear he's not a Nazi. There seems to be actually, Julie. Go go ahead. You'll learn pretty soon that all we do on the show is talk over each other because it's pretty much unavoidable. But I know, I know you're trying to get something in there. Sure. So I understand why libertarians would definitely try to disassociate themselves with the alt right and this white supremacist the stuff going on because a lot of people, unfortunately, that are leaders in the alt right were once libertarians. Like a couple years ago, if you googled their name, there was a bunch of libertarian stuff that came up. Oh, I Chris Cantwell, yeah. Yes, crazy. that's who I was going to mention. I understand why the leader of the Libertarian Party would want people to know, hey, we have nothing to do with that. But this whole Rothbard decades ago political strategy is such insider baseball among other libertarians where no one else besides us really cares or knows anything about it. So it's not even him, you know, signaling to the rest of the world, libertarians are not racist. It's just kind of attacking libertarians from within, which is just stupid. That's a good point. The only people that are going to get this quote signal, if that's what it is, are people that are not are not even in on the joke or the, the joke, but you know, in on the baseball, in on the inside baseball terms. They don't know the signals, so they're not going to even catch them. The only people that are going to catch them are people that are already in that inside circle, and they're like, "What is this shit? Let's not doing anything." Mm-hmm. Come on. So, so do you think Nick has a, a, a dream plan here? I, I'll tell you something else. I, I one thing I do like about what he's saying right now. He's saying, "If you don't like me, if you don't like what I'm saying, if you don't like the things I'm doing and the messages I'm sending, sign up for the LP, come to the convention, and vote my ass out." And I so, don't, I don't know you, if, it's, if it's an effective recruiting <laughs> strategy, but I, I like that part of his attitude. I do. I think that would be hilarious if he's like, "I only did it for you." It's like, it's like when the nursemaid kills herself for Damien in uh, in the Omen. She's like, "I did it all for you, libertarians." As he falls what out of the window, what if it's a secret strategy sword. to have the anarchists take over the LP? He gets them all angry, and Genius. then they all come and vote him out. And now, and then he's like, "Hey, this is all I wanted." Actually, I totally agree with you guys. <laughs> Dave Smith will be the next chairman of the Libertarian Party. Who knows? That would be awesome. That would be awesome. <laughs> but I mean, one thing about that that's really starting to bother me is the amount of libertarians. You know, Nick has said many controversial things in the past few months. And every time they come out and say, I'm done with the LP, I'm done with it. This organization's a joke. And some of these things that happened, I mean, the LP is a joke. That recent tweet about uh, marijuana being legal in North Korea. There was the he did tweet at least about apologize sa- for Satanism. That. <clears throat> there's, there's, there's been a lot of terrible things. But Rather than say I'm done with the LP, you got to understand that the people that are in positions of power, positions of leadership within the LP only got there because they joined the LP and they networked and they worked their way to the top. So if you want to influence the LP, you need to do the same thing. I mean, that works that way for any political party, but there's no way in hell you're going to get any prominent uh, position of leadership in the Republican Party or the Democratic Party to change anything towards the ideas of liberty. At least the LP, you have a shot. It's so small and tiny. 
you could literally smash the whole thing and start it over within a couple of years. You could. <laughs> but yeah, didn't Roger Paxton like uh, disavow the Libertarian Party because he was he was in there working within the system and working within the party, and he was like, "This is this. I can't take this bullshit." Well, Roger left the party nationally. I think he still has resigned his, his membership nationally. But uh, him and Daryl Perry essentially took over the state party in New Hampshire and are now uh, actually doing some interesting things. They had both, I believe, both a Democrat and a Republican in New Hampshire that left those parties after being elected to join the Libertarian Party with a uh, good old Daryl and Roger. So that's the way to do it, by the way. Right. That is the way you run. That's what Pope and Austin Peterson will do. If he gets elected don't, Republican, they'll be like. Yeah, well, I don't, I'm not counting on it, but that would be great if he was like, guess what? Like we're talking about Rand Paul opening up the shirt and revealing the, the Libertarian yeah. Super L. Maybe Peter Siddle it. That's not going to happen because what would happen is all the Dems and Republicans would just make him go sit in the corner and say, we'll put the Libertarian in the corner. Nobody talked to him. I don't we'll know. No what influence. do you think, Julie? What, what's your take? Wait, is Austin, is Austin going to come out Libertarian in the end? Well, if it's assuming well, I, he actually wins. <laughs> I, I think Austin is a libertarian. Um, he's running as a Republican, I know. Um, personally, I don't care what somebody runs under. Um, I think as a Republican, more people are more likely to vote for you because they're used to the Republican label. I think people like to vote for a winner. And if you're running as a Libertarian Party person, people will say, hey, I like you. Like I saw Gary Johnson. A lot of people said, you know, I like Gary Johnson, but he's not going to win. So I'm going to vote for Trump or some people Hillary. So I understand why Austin's running as a Republican. As long as he keeps the libertarian ideas going, I that's fine with me. I have no beef with that. The only reason I have any beef with it is just because if he actually, if he has the ability to win, then the thing is, I want to see more people that actually have an L next to their names winning races, because that will give more credence to people that run in, in lower races. You could build up from there. So that's only, that's my only problem. And I understand the strategy, but you need people to get in there and be like, all right, I'm here. Really, you know, like I'm, I'm a Republican, but my values are very libertarian, kind of, I guess, the Rand Paul way, but more more outward about it, because that way you're giving hope to people later on that can say, I'm going to run as a libertarian. You know, this is the this is the pattern. He's in there. He's doing a great job. And now you need to elect me. When, when it comes to where the Libertarian Party is right now, I see very little purpose in trying to win, quote unquote, winnable races as a Libertarian. To me, the only function of a third party like this right now is to be educational, to run purely educational campaigns that are really as close to principle as possible. And if it's not going to be something like that, then it doesn't matter where how you run. Like, it doesn't matter. Like, you're, you're just trying to win a race. If that's what you're trying to do, you obviously shouldn't run as a Libertarian. I mean, that's a sad truth. And maybe it's like a, a circular thing where the more people like me say that it becomes more true but I, I can't really blame people for thinking it feels like a fruitless effort to vote for a third party i mean based on the track record of the last 40 years in this country what what you know what can we point to that a third party has done politically at least on the national level and i, I don't and that's not a good argument to to against them but it's it's what most people out there see and hear and and it does shape their perception of a, of a third party candidate i mean if if austin peterson ran as a libertarian it almost guarantees he wouldn't win a seat so if he if his goal is to win a Senate seat, it would actually be stupid for him to run as a libertarian. Plus, most people's That's problems with, Liber with Austin Peterson are that he's not a pure libertarian and doesn't espouse their values the way they like it. So they should probably be happy that he's not running as a libertarian because you know the message will be quote unquote less sullied by his Republican light message, as as you know some people do call it. By the way, I never told you guys what I was drinking. Bullet bourbon. I've been you've heard me say that for the last three years. Hey, or four you said shows. it right this time. I did, because I got <laughs> I got harassed online about my pronunciation <laughs> of, of this. Um Bullet. 
bullied. No. Um, as, pivoting back to, I guess, what's on everybody's minds. Uh, Julie, you're actually very close, I think, to where uh, where all these events went down recently. Is that right? Uh, yeah, I'm in D.C., so not that far away. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, what's your perspective as someone who is, uh, I guess, at least geographically sort of close to there? Is this something that people that are, are kind of close to that area and might actually know some of the what's going on locally are seeing differently than, than what we're seeing in the national media? I mean, I, honestly, everybody I work with out here in L.A., I, I think I mean, I don't think I know they only get their news from CNN and they honestly believe that this that well, here is the narrative that occurred. Uh, white nationalist Nazis showed up with fat flags waving them around and then other very brave people showed up to stop them from being violent and they truly believe that that is the entire entirety of the narrative and I, I gotta think that that's uh, just not true I mean I know it's not true from Brian's interview with Ford Fisher this pack, past week on Electric Liberty Land but I'm wondering what your take is from what you've seen from sort of some of these people and groups on the ground uh, sure so I think most people that came to the event were from out of state. Uh, Charlottesville is in Northern Virginia, which is a pretty, you know, liberal, moderate area. Um, so these kind of events aren't common. I believe they came because of the whole Confederate monument was um, trying to be taken down. So they came to stop it. That's why they chose Charlottesville, not because it's a, you know, white supremacist heaven or anything like that. Yeah, I'm not even sure um, if they were if they were trying to. I mean, I've cried, I'm, I know they would like to stop it, but I mean, I believe this was just a march against it, but not not necessarily a physical intervention against the, against the removal. I could be wrong. I don't know. I think I saw uh, pictures of them standing around the monument. Um, but, you know, it's Thomas Jefferson. It's a huge thing down there. So um, with whole uh, Monticello. So there's all kinds of things about the founding fathers is going on. Um, I just, I can't side with either one of them. Um, the whole white nationalist thing. I think that's a whole rabbit hole that people get into, I think a lot of these, um, I posted something on Facebook about young white men, um, and I was surprised it got a good response. And I think a lot of these people who showed up at these events are kind of the isolated um, white man, if you will. They don't really have that many friends, and they see these white nationalists who kind of promise them this brotherhood, um, new friends come together, you know, we have a purpose. And I think a lot of people join on that bandwagon. Um, and then I look at the other side and yeah, there are some peaceful people on the other side, but then I look at them just like punching these um, so-called Nazis and some of them are Nazis and some of them are just very um, backwards in their way. And I'm just like, okay, you disagree with these people, but what's punching them going to do? It just makes you look bad. Um, so I can't, I can't side with either one of them. I think either side of them is just provoking a bunch of violence. So I guess you agree with Donald Trump's, statements then yeah i mean i understand yeah i understand because a lot of people were mad about it because yes a girl did get killed unfortunately and a lot of people got injured because this white nationalist guy drove the car obviously terrible thing but if that didn't happen i think trump's comment would have gone over better because people would have seen the violence on both sides as opposed to just this one obviously violent event so I basically said that 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 exact uh, sentiment in a because uh, a friend of a friend of mine is a comedian. She had posted a status asking like, "What do you think Trump voters?" And you know, I'm like, "I didn't vote for Trump, but just saying basically that. Look, not everybody here was a Nazi, and you can't call them all de facto Nazis. It you know is both sides, and basically just saying that uh, extremism leads to more extremism, and these people feel uh, a lot of them like 
just feel pigeonholed. They feel like they've been uh, pushed to the side and, and everybody's telling them that being white is e- an evil thing. So they're pushing back. And I was immediately uh, called a Nazi th- sympathizer. <laughs> Took about one second. What? what yeah. I- <clears throat> Sorry, go ahead, Julie. So I, I do definitely think there's anti-white sentiment. Um, this musician, uh, the music person, what's her name? Lord, um, with an oh. E on the end. Oh, yeah. Uh, this is all white people. Lord, 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 Lord. <laughs> yeah, I am she Lord. Just, she basically said it was all white people's, you know, this is all our faults. It's like, I, am I don't so like sorry, that. She said. Because, yeah, I understand. Oh. We could say, hey, you know, white people, you know, maybe we should empathize, you know, understand the other side's point of view, whatever, whatever. But to say it's all of our faults. Like, I didn't do that. I didn't kill anybody. I, I'm not a Nazi. Well, that's your white privilege, okay? Julie. That's your white yeah. privilege. That's Which our, I, that's it's exactly also our cold open. <laughs> Julie proclaiming she's not a Nazi. <laughs> but yeah, exactly. When you say that, though, they go, well, that's because you have white privilege. Then you're like, uh, where, where do I go from here? You're, you're not somebody I can talk to. <laughs> I don't like the whole white privilege thing because it sounds like it's a bad thing that we have privilege. Whereas I think everyone should be as privileged as me. Everyone should have the rights that I have. Everyone should be treated like I'm treated. It's not a bad thing that should be taken away. We should elevate everybody. That is a really wonderful way to put things. I don't think I've ever really heard anybody refute that comment in that way. Uh, Like, yeah, to whatever extent white people or any race generally have things better. The answer should not be knock every, every single other person down to that same level yeah. to a to a lower level the answer should be rise everyone up so we all have the same quote privileges so we all have the same rights so we all have the same opportunities and so, so you know so we can't just start dividing more which is really what this seems to be and what i see a lot of in, in this conversation of is people defending and I really think that most people really don't understand what happened. Most people have not listened to Ford Fisher's interview with Brian McWilliams. Most people were not on the ground. Most people have seen the Vice clip, the 10-minute thing from Vice, which is all about Christopher Cantwell and the neo-Nazis the night before, Saturday, by the way, the night before, the the 200-person Nazi rally. Uh, I'm sorry, I refuse to believe that 200 Nazis that like gathered from all over the country and they could only get freaking 200 of them. I refuse to believe these pose some kind of representation of a, a remotely large segment of society. I mean, these are these are called extremes for a reason because these people live on the extremes okay and for to whatever reason these people have joined this movement uh whether it's just feeling neglected feeling beaten down feeling like they couldn't get ahead in society having their own emotional problems being lonely i'm sure there are many deep-seated reasons some of these people that a lot of them maybe they're not necessarily terrible people but they're people that really got lost in life and have now found themselves the in the one place that they have finally found someone who says i accept you for who you are other white person and i'm not justifying it but if you can't if we can't look at the motivations that for other people that drive them into certain groups uh even you know quote-unquote extremist groups we're never going to understand them if the only response is punch them because they're nazis you're just creating more of them you're creating more of them and you're proving them right because the whole argument is that they are being sort of shunned from society they are under threat from leftists and from people that are trying to use the government to harm them that is the entire argument i listened to all of christopher cantwell's uh, interview with Dave Smith this week, and that is the the crux of his argument of why he has gone from libertarian to self-described fascist, because while he says in his dream world he'd have anarcho-capitalism, he knows that that's not a reality, so he needs to be a fascist to protect his own white identity from the threats against it. So, when the response is, let's show up with mace and flamethrowers and baseball bats and attack these people four to one, 
you're you're literally proving them correct. You're proving that they are right to feel this way, and you're making them stronger. And then when you go and try to lump in every single person who might be offended by taking down a Robert E. Lee statue, and I don't really give a crap one way or another about statues. It's really just an issue of tragedy of the commons here. Um, you know, when you lump all of those people in who might not be racist, you have to they, you have to allow yourself to realize not everyone who thinks it's wrong to destroy historical statues is a racist. Um, when you lump them all in together, you're expanding that movement. You're pushing them towards the extremists. So they really are not, I mean, not only acting irrationally, but actually being counterproductive and creating the, the enemy that they hate and making it stronger. Yeah, uh, and, and by lumping them all together, uh, uh, you're providing cover for the real extremists, for the real Nazis, because right. they're they're embedded in this larger, you know, this larger group of people that most of these people aren't Nazis, are, are not bad people. And the people that have these terrible, terrible ideas, the people that actually want to do harm to other human beings, they, they can just kind of blend in. And you don't you don't see, you know, th- their ideas don't come to the top because everyone has been lumped together. I think it was Ford Fisher that pointed out that one of the reasons, and I, I don't want to put words in his mouth, maybe he didn't say this, but I, I agreed with what he said, and I'm going to say something uh, separate. One of the reasons why it's important to point out that there were different segments at this uh, at this rally, that not everyone there was a Nazi, not every, everyone there was a white nationalist, because you want the ideas from each of those groups to be able to be heard so you can address each of them individually, so you can take an argument to each one and prove them wrong and show the flaws in their logic. Exactly. There's a lot of people who are mad at Vice right now for giving them the white nationalists a platform. I think they should be given a platform so people realize how dumb their ideas are and not just yelling at them. Allow them to talk and ask them hard questions. A lot of questions that they haven't really thought about. Um, You know, make themselves look dumb. Don't, you know, try to shut them down. Yep, exactly, Julie. And you know what I think about in that exact vein of thought is that if you did have these people come and debate or if you did have them on a program, if Tucker, Tucker Carlson has them on his show, you have the well, opportunity. He's a Nazi, too, then. To, yeah, well, oh, I know. I already saw him called a Nazi. It, so, and then Dave Smith is now a Nazi because he had Christopher Cantwell on the show disagreeing yeah, with him for an hour. Right. Which makes right, you a Nazi. Right. But if you have these people out, you can have a debate. You can argue with them. You can make them look foolish by deconstructing their arguments and making them look dumb in public. Meanwhile, if you don't do that, if you keep them confiscated or uh, if you keep them segregated to the shadows and on online forums, no one's disagreeing. The people that go there, they read this certain message. They re- they just get in the echo chamber over and over again. They reinforce because they have only friends that are saying that only websites they visit like that, like everybody does. And then how are you ever supposed to combat that? So now these people are effectively brainwashed because they've never had the opportunity to have somebody bring this out in the daylight and say, no, this is why it's wrong. And let me show you exactly why it breaks down. Bazingo. Bam. Like Can't we all agree. That's fantastic. Can we can we find something we disagree on? Anybody? <laughs> um hmm. let's get combative, folks. Julie, what else is on your mind? I don't want to make this all about Nazis and Twitter wars, even though that's all I've been immersed in, in the last week. What, what what has anything gotten you in trouble online lately? Are you <laughs> suggesting something? I'm not suggesting anything. <laughs> it's, it's a very innocent <laughs> question. <laughs> I think you have something in mind. Well, you address it. You you, you address okay. it yourself online, so it's, okay. it's up to you where to go with this. Sure, <laughs> might be so, leading you a little. I don't know. So I'm an idiot. Sometimes I get too <laughs> trolly on Twitter, and I say stuff without really thinking. Me and Donald Trump have the same uh, thing that we do. <laughs> Julia's on up at 4 a.m. in cold sweats, <laughs> just tweeting out like a maniac, drinking her water. Mm-hmm. 
<laughs> so there are a lot of alt-right people, white nationalist people who follow me on Twitter just to troll me. And I like trolling them too. It's all in good fun, right? Oh, it's adorable. So, yes, yeah, it's, it's really cute. <laughs> um, so I kind of ask these questions to the alt-right. Basically, I'm provoking them. And one question that I asked, which I did not think about before I posted, was why don't white nationalists go to West Virginia and call it a day? Okay, I thought I was just going to make white nationalists mad because I told them to move to this place. <laughs> and West Virginia was honestly the whitest place I thought of at the time. It wasn't <laughs> anything besides that. And like I said, I'm not somebody, oh, if you live in a white place, like you're a bad person. No, I live in a white place. Okay, overwhelmingly white. So a lot of people from West Virginia saw this tweet and they thought that I was calling them, oh, you know, these backwards people, they must be racist themselves. And that's unfortunate. Um, and I, I first they came out and I was like, what, what are you guys talking about? Like, it was a joke. And then I was like, oh, you guys are really, really, really mad at me because <laughs> you think I called you guys a bunch of backwards racist hicks. That was not my intention. I think people might think, oh, you know, that was your intention. Now you just feel bad about it because you're getting backlash. Like, no, like my family's from Eastern Kentucky. I went to college in Western Maryland, right besides West Virginia. Like, I'm not somebody to bash people from Appalachia. That's my family. Um, <laughs> and I, I feel bad about it because I feel like I am promoting like bad stereotypes about West Virginia. I just called West Virginia a, a white place and I was trolling white nationalists. I didn't mean anything by it. I had the reason why I'm addressing it is because I realized how stupid I was and I've gotten hundreds and hundreds of messages from people in West Virginia calling me stupid. So yeah, but you know I what? It's, it's, it's not your fault. It's like the, you know, it's a line from the John Denver zone, West Virginia. Neo-Nazis, no, they are always tromping around the river. Okay, right? listen, you know that me, line. Listen to me. Do not say that. <laughs> now we've got our cold the open. West Virginia people are very proud people. Very, very proud people. I have realized that. So do not insult them. They don't I, have I, I would just say I, I love West do Virginia. Do not say I, that. I, I go boating there all the time. It's it's a fantastic state. I have no issue with the state of West Virginia. I need more followers. I want more. I want hate but, followers. Give okay, me your hate I, followers. Okay, I love coal. Let me just say that. I'm from a mining <laughs> family. Uh, Did you just endorse blackface? You heard it here first. <laughs> this whole show is a setup to just smear you on the internet, Julia. I'm gonna, I am gonna. have so many sound bites to clip off here. This is going to be fun. <laughs> oh, God. This is like, this is becoming the, uh, now Julie's like, God, this is like when I go to the bar and everybody's drunk but me. <laughs> <laughs> that is exactly where we're getting to. That happens, yes. I'm usually the DD, yes. Ah, uh, damn it. We don't even get the benefit of you driving. Julie could be very useful to us at uh, one of these Liberty conventions coming up next year. <laughs> That's we, true. We, we do need a designated driver. So <laughs> we will keep you in mind, young lady. Julie, I also want to kind of ask you um, before we wind down here a little bit. What um, what are some of the videos that you've done? Let's let's get away from the Nazi stuff for a minute. We've talked about the Nazis enough. Uh, what are some videos that you've done lately that have gotten? I, I don't want to say um, maybe like a surprising reaction. Like I, I'm more curious when you're because uh, I think you're really good at capturing people from sort of various various sides of the aisle, so to speak. Even though I, I hate that term altogether. And uh, is there any video you've done that kind of brings in commentary from people that that you haven't expected on certain subjects or anything my last video that i did i, I kind of like it 
uh, I did this video. It was called Fight for 15. And one thing that I like to do is to agree with liberals, but for the wrong reasons. Ooh, I like it. I <laughs> so like it. I've done a lot of minimum wage videos and you know, saying why it's bad and why it hurts poor people. But I feel like the only people who really watch them are people who already agree with me. So I put out these video, this video called Fight for 15, where you just assume that I'm going to be pro raising the minimum wage for liberal reasons. But then I kind of twist it. I say, because I'm a socially awkward person and I want robots to replace all cashiers so I don't have to talk to anybody. My wife's the same. <laughs> and that's like, why you want to fight for 15 so everyone gets replaced by robots. Yeah, so, like, I, I want, like, liberals to watch this video assuming, like, oh, yeah, girl, go, girl. And they're like, wait, I agree with her on fight for 15, but wait, she's, I, I'm confused here. So I kind of wanted to, like, kind of, I feel like a lot of people who support raise them in a wage you know, don't realize the unintended consequences of doing so and just telling them may not get it across. So they click on this video, assume one thing, and all of a sudden I've kind of educated them on, <laughs> on the unintended consequences. So I like that video. Um, I did a recent video I actually got a lot of hate on, um, which I understand why, because I, it was supposed to be controversial. That's why I posted it. Did you call it's West called- Virginia stupid again? No, no, no. I love West Virginia. West Virginia is the best. Because twice um, twice I wouldn't be able to give you a pass on. <laughs> no, go Mountaineers. Great, great, great place. Um, West Virginia sucks. The musical by Julie Borowski. <laughs> oh. Well, you are our Photoshop guy, so you could make this happen if you so chose. But we won't do that. So, okay. Probably. So this, this video I did is called In Defense of Michelle Carter, the girl who told her boyfriend to go kill himself, and he did. Ooh. And oh, she got, yeah. um, she's in jail for it now. So I did that video, and of course, it's supposed to be controversial. Like, why would anyone in their right mind defend her? And I took the free speech uh, route, so a libertarian route, but it has more dislikes than likes. So, you know, but I, that has to be expected. So sometimes I like making those videos that I know aren't going to go over so well, but maybe they might, you know, add to the conversation. I think that was such such a tough case from a, a libertarian point or any point of view, really, uh, but a, particularly a libertarian one, when we really want to look at, are you physically harming someone? Are you the direct cause of someone's harm? And in, in her case, in many ways, you could you could say she is uh, if you just read all these texts and texts and texts and how, you know, how she is pushing this person to just finally do it. Uh, there's another perspective you could take that, you know, apparently she had tried to break up with him a couple times times and he wouldn't leave her alone and just kept coming to her with his suicide stuff. And maybe she just finally snapped. It was like, all right, screw this guy. Yeah, go go kill yourself. Whatever. Go away. Kill yourself. Either way, though. She's not to, to conflate what she did with murder. I think it sets a very, very, very dangerous precedent. Even while we can smear her all day long, he's a terrible person. Well, we had discussed that. What was that? A uh, felony Friday, right? We, Doody? I think was it was it? a bonus, a bonus show, like we're going to do in a minute for Lions of Liberty Pride members. We'll have a few extra yeah. bonus questions with Julie in just a few minutes after the show. So yeah, because I had come down on the side. It, it again, like Mark said, it's it was so tough because of like, well, you know, it's free speech. She's just talking, she's just forcing. But I came down on the side of saying, okay, I, I think it was manslaughter because she had basically, you know, there was an opportunity for her to to save a life. She did nothing. She, it, it, like, when you're encouraging somebody, I almost consider it almost like a cult mentality where 
I don't know, you know, I didn't know the history about it. I just saw the texts that were going back and forth. And it looks like she's just continuously encouraging him, kill yourself, kill yourself, kill yourself, kill yourself. And you go, okay, well, what weight does that have? And I think Odie might have said, uh, you know, if it's a child, it's cut and dry because they don't have mm-hmm. the, the capacity to to really weigh what's happening. I, I don't think you could but call I it manslaughter because even under manslaughter, it, it, manslaughter is the crime of killing a human being. I don't notice off the top of my head, I'm not, but I looked it up. Uh, the crime of killing a human being without malice afterthought. And I think we could all argue that she had malice. So maybe that's True. not even strict enough under, if I agree with you. I don't agree with you. I don't think it's, I think it's terrible. I, I think calling it a crime and actually sending her to jail is, uh, the more I've thought about it, the more I'm frightened by by that. Because the implications from that and the precedent for that are really, 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 really scary. I mean, well, how, I many, agree with you there. how many times per day does someone tell someone to go kill themselves on the internet? No, I agree <laughs> with you completely there. But this for me had a different circumstance because they were deeply entwine there was a, a direct correlation where the guy had asked her he gets out of the car and she tells him literally go back in and kill yourself and finish the job it was like i don't know it just to me went over the line no, it, it's certainly, but i understand it's but i completely gross. understand anybody uh like i will not argue vociferously and and be like you know you're wrong if somebody disagrees with me i mean you, I you just know some 10 year old is gonna go to jail next for for telling some kid on the playground to kill himself and they're gonna cite this case they're like well oh in this case they they put someone to jail for this and which is basically Hate the crime. same thing and it's just gonna escalate i mean you, if yeah. you're not physically telling or harming someone now now i think the more interesting case which would apply in a similar way is like the charles charles manson thing because charles manson also did not physically harm anyone however i don't think that that's quite i mean people try to compare the two but to me that's a lot more clear charles manson organized people specifically had them go kill people i mean that's you're just leading a a criminal organization at that point i think that that's actually very clear whereas this was two people interacting um and the interaction going going getting very very disgusting and and resulting in someone killing himself but it's still someone killing himself what about to keep going along the, the Charles Manson route a little bit and to skew off that to uh, cult leaders in general? What about cult leaders who encourage their followers to kill themselves, to, to drink the Kool-Aid? Are they are they at fault or is that just free speech? You just floored Julie. me. That's tough. It's directed that's to... Ask, <laughs> Julie, you, that's a good question. You've been I'm in some cults, think- right? <laughs> I'm know. trying to think of uh, a way to say this without people getting mad at me again. No, so don't even try. Just, just, just go. Just go I, I for it. I, I feel like these, if these are grown adults who get involved in something, that they are rational human beings, and they get involved with something that's. I, I, I want to say it's kind of their own fault, but I know I'm going to get in trouble for saying that. Um, these people, are they really putting a gun to your head and telling you, go kill yourself? Like, no, they're, you know, influencing you and you have power over yourself to get out of that situation. I don't, I don't think it's the same thing. What's funny is even though I said that I think the girls was warranted, I agree with you on the cult thing, which I know makes no sense. I'm a complicated man. Get to know me. I'm very complicated, but no, (laughs) I I agree there that you've got, if you've got grown adults, these people are buying into this this concept. It's no crazier. I mean, really, any religion, you're buying into a certain concept. Yeah. So to say that a cult leader is responsible for murder because they believe a certain thing, his followers buy into this, this is religion, uh, so religious freedom should take precedence and basically eliminate any murder charges. But if they actively drink it themselves, make that choice because it's what they believe in, no, there shouldn't be murder charge there. Yeah, and, and back to the whole suicide thing, this guy was always suicidal. 
in the beginning, she was actually encouraging him not to go kill himself, and she told him to go get help many times. And he kept coming back with, I want to kill myself, I want to kill myself. And I almost think that she was trying to, like, call his bluff and say, hey, you know, kind of playing the devil's advocate maybe a little bit and be like, hey, maybe you should, and seeing how he responded. And obviously she took it too far. She liked the attention on herself as well. It was just a bunch of teenagers doing stuff. But I think he would all he would have killed himself no matter what. Uh, like I said, it's just when he when she told him to get back in the car, that's what pushed me over. <laughs> because I, I, I kind of agree with Julie, though. I think she thought he was full of shit still, just like he had been so many other times before. Yeah. And then you can kind of and tell in the text at some point towards the end, she just she like realizes that he's actually done it or, you know, he goes like, silent. Oh, crap. Yeah. And I'm sure her her inner thoughts change at that point. Maybe not. Maybe she's a true well, sociopath. Well, you know, she, she I mean, immediately, they had to have changed because she immediately said, did you delete all the text? Well, of course. No. Once, it, of right. course gonna... and that, yeah, that's the other thing. It's like, it was like a, a very thought out, like, did you delete, like, she knew what she was doing. She didn't want to get caught. If somebody that's just calling the bluff and doesn't expect the guy to do it, I don't think she's going to be like, did you delete the text? Make sure that there's no record of me telling you to kill yourself. I don't know. It's it's a terrible case, and I, I keep going back and forth on it. To be honest, it all goes I mean, back to the same issue we've been discussing since since the the beginning of the show. Like, <laughs> I guess the 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 Sarwark uh, Woods thing isn't really about free speech, but uh, good hosting, <laughs> Mark. Look at that, Shut bringing us mouth. back. Like, see, you host a show. Oh wait, never mind. Uh, you do that. Um, what's it? See, now I'm totally lost my train of thought. Yes, yeah, so it comes all. It all comes back to this free speech idea, and when does. When does speech get dangerous enough that it's no longer just speech? And I think it's it can be a very complicated question at times, as as we're seeing through the fact that we even have to talk about some of the, these trickier situations. All right, well, this feels like a really good time to wrap things up, but we're only half wrapping things up. And Julie, maybe you can join us for our little sign-off. I know it's your first time joining yeah. us here. So yeah, it's been fun. Um, For members of the Lions of Liberty Pride, which of course you can find more information on by heading over to lionsofliberty.com slash support. For as little as $5 a month, you can have access to all of our exclusive audio content, including what we're about to record here with Miss Julie Borowski. Julie, by the way, thank you so much for coming on this main show. I'll say, I'll say gu- goodbye to you again on the bonus show in a few minutes. But thank you so much for uh, you know, sh- having fun with us here, chugging your HGO and, and dishing the liberty here with the, with Alliance of Liberty. It's been a blast. Thank you. See you later. All right. Yes. And for Pride members, we will indeed see you later. And until next time, guys, or until <laughs> until you guys click on the bonus segment for those Pride members, live long and, and live, live free. free. Hey guys, this is Roger Paxton, and if you're fed up with the government running every single aspect of your life, but you're not listening to the Lava Flow podcast yet, then what's wrong with you? Check us out at thelavaflow.com, or just go back to sucking up to the government. The Lava Flow podcast, striking the root every single episode. This is Chris Spangle, and I am the host of We Are Libertarians, which you can find in iTunes, Google Play, or at wearelibertarians.com. We are a podcast that brings you all of the irreverence that modern politics deserves by examining current events from a libertarian perspective. So please, check us out at wearelibertarians.com.
Hey everyone, the Johnny Rocket Launchpad is Liberty. Each week we strive to bring you the best guests in talk radio. The Johnny Rocket Launchpad delivers weekly interviews of noteworthy politicians, experts, and activists. The Johnny Rocket Launchpad is bringing the party to the Libertarian Party and launching ideas in your direction. Check us out at johnnyrocketlaunchpad.com. You can hear me, Kurt Nelson, and the beautiful Heather Nixon talk about the ideas of liberty. Rock and roll. Just one name while you should be a